Lucky Land Casino asking people what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kids' PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. From lakes to rivers, mountains to sea, this is the Outdoors Hour with the Outdoors Group, John Eichelsheim and Scott Walker. Well, this evening we've spoken to multi-sport people up in the mountains. We've spoken to people struggling with whales. whales. <laughs> and now we're going to go inland and talk a, a bit of hunting and a bit of outdoors uh, with Stephen Spargo. Now, Stephen is uh, based in Taupo. He won the local Hero Honour in the 2012 New Zealander of the Year Awards. He's got a media background. He does a hunting podcast. He's been scouting for a couple of decades. And he's currently, I believe, Taupo's hunting and fishing manager, aren't you, Stephen? Yeah, you've done your research. <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah, no, so all of that. Yeah, that's quite and, a CV. Um, quite a CV, Stephen, isn't it? Yeah. <laughs> and I suppose it's about... Uh, I. The great thing in New Zealand is I choose to live in the central North Island. It's the gateway to some of the best outdoors in the North Island. Um, and, you know, we're 20 minutes away from anything. And even if you're in the middle of Auckland, you're an hour away from being mm. in some of the best outdoor um, best outdoor places in the world, you know. So what got you into the outdoors? Well, for me, it actually did start with scouting. And I've now been involved with the scout movement for, well, coming up 30 years. And that means most of my life. I'm only in my mid-30s. And... The reason that I think that scouting started that off for me is it gave me a foundation in, one, being able to trust myself, two, being able to be prepared, and I think we should touch on that. And three, it, it gave me that, that insight in how you can be a provider, how you can go into the outdoors and provide for your friends, because that's what we used to do when I was a young fella, and that's carried on to an adult. Now when I go hunting, I'm mostly going, for one, for the enjoyment of the outdoors, and two, to provide for my family. Yeah, that's obviously something that's very important to you, Stephen. I mean, mm. and do you think that that's what drives most, you know, most hunters in New Zealand? Yeah, I think there's a few things. One of them is the sport, and I, I prefer not to call it a sport. I tend to call it a craft. That the, the sport or the craft of hunting is it's kind of man versus wild stuff almost. It's it's your ability to make sure that you're quiet, that you understand. The thing got the winds in your face. There's a whole, there's a thousand things you're doing all the time that don't necessarily come natural to us in you know urban New Zealand, and that's that's what some people are passionate about, the sort of the craft of it. For other New Zealanders, it genuinely is how they put food on the table. And the great thing is, is those two groups of people don't clash. They both understand each other. They both have to have both of those things going on. And we're not here hunting anything that's endangered mm-hmm. or anything mm-hmm. that, that is going to um, disrupt anything. In fact, we're hunting things that are introduced, introduced mammals that would otherwise be considered pests. Yeah, you're absolutely right. And I think that's something that, that sometimes people do forget is that uh, you know some of these uh, animals uh, that we find in the bush are, are probably not doing the bush a whole lot of good. So um, you, you know, hunters are doing, actually doing us a, a public service in, in that sense. Yeah, a public service and the providers, and they're not just providers for their family. 
you know, I look at it, if I, if I knock over an animal um, and bring it home, and I always endeavour to bring home the entire animal, right. uh, I'm not only providing for my family, there's generally a little bit to the neighbours, um, there might be some to the family down the road that might be struggling a little bit, and you don't, you can actually drop that off and say, here guys, I've got way too much, you know, yeah, yeah. Uh, and, and that means an awful lot to them. And the other great thing, and I've got nothing against farming, in fact, I you know, own a farm myself, is that we're supplying the community with free-range organic meat at its best. So there's a whole lot of benefits there. What's your favourite places to head out and, and go hunting? I, I tend to you know, jog around the central North Island. Uh, I'm a bit of a fan of tussock hunting, so I'm the, the likes of the desert road and heading in the tussock off there. Um, that longer range stuff, I suppose. For me, that's, that's, that's really exciting. The other places is chasing around the jet. The, the, you know, the, um, the seeker deer and the Kaimanawas, hard to beat. You know, so in the middle of the raw, uh, a seeker squirreling you know, 30 feet away from you, it makes your heart race, you know. Can you um, elaborate a little bit on, on tussock hunting? That sort of caught my interest. What, what exactly is yeah. tussock hunting? So what you're in, you're basically you're in that tusk country that most of us would have seen when we're driving along the mm. desert road. Um, and I think the different thing about it is it's a lot longer range. You know, you're talking about shots, five, six, seven hundred metres at that point. And it's, it's a different style of hunting. There's a lot of glassing, a lot of being very, very patient, which is um, something I struggle with. So I force <laughs> myself to do. Uh, and... And a lot of recovery time. You know, you you shoot an animal. You've got to make sure you get it. You've got to make sure you get it out. And I'm passionate about getting the whole thing out. So it's a, it, it's just a different style. But yeah. close bush stalking is also just as exciting for me. But I suppose for a lot of guys, particularly in the way we hunt in New Zealand, haven't done that longer range stuff. What do you mean by when you say glassing? Oh right. So when you're glassing, you've got your binos. So you've been very careful to make sure you identify your target. Um, you're spending probably more time just, you know, in front of those binoculars looking out and making sure what you see is what you see. And you're, you're never doing that with a fire. So you're on, normally on your stomach, um, hidden away somewhere, tucked away out of the wind normally, and you're just staring out into that vista and finding those animals. And then making a call, do I need to get closer? Um, how am I going to do that without them winding me or seeing me? Um, so there's an element of stalking in it, and then it's sometimes you're setting up a shot for 10 or 15 minutes before you take it. And I guess that, um, that, that, that falls into the, the sort of safety and uh, education side of hunting, which you, you like to mm. share around as well. Yeah, if you listen to my show, I talk a lot about that. And one thing I'm very careful about is not to be so arrogant as sounding like I, that it could never happen to me, you know. Mm, mm. I think the moment I think it can't happen to me is when it could happen. Uh, I think about being vigilant and understanding that we're human. Humans made mistakes. And the moment we think we're not going to, we're above it. Um, we're in that danger zone all of a sudden. So, yeah, spending a lot of time identifying your target. I know it sounds, you know, we've heard this a thousand times as hunters. Um, but we've got to do it more. We've got to keep remembering, identify your target. And if you're not sure, don't take a shot. Mm, mm. Mm. Mm, absolutely. And in fact, if you're not sure where all your friends are yes. or the mates that you're hunting with, don't take the shot. Because <laughs> it's generally mates shooting mates. That's yes. the horrible thing about yes. it. It ruins so many lives and it's generally, it, it breaks up families and friends and you know, uncles and daughters. And it, it, it's just a horrible thing to have happen. And, um, and being vigilant, understanding it could happen to anyone and, uh, and making sure it doesn't. 
We're speaking to Stephen Spargo, um, who runs the Hunting Show podcast, which you can get on iTunes and all your other podcasting platforms. He also is the Taupo's hunting and fishing manager there. And um, Stephen, you, you've done quite a lot with scouting. So do you do you take the kids out um, hunting, or, or what do you do on yeah. the scouting side of things? Yeah, that's a really interesting point. So I have done. I've taken kids into the hills with that. The idea of teaching them about food gathering and for me, that's interesting. There's some cultural stuff you've got to understand with that, you know. But uh, I think that understanding where meat in particular comes from mm. and having a real deep understanding of that. The supermarket. Taking, <laughs> yeah. yeah, yeah. Um, it, it changes the way you think. And a lot of... Um, I wrote an article for NZ Outdoor magazine coming up a couple of years ago, and it was hunters versus vegetarians, you know. And the probably the, the premise of the article was that hunters and vegetarians have a whole lot in common. Right. We both really think about our food. We have an we have a understanding about where food comes from, and we generally make an ethical choice about where our food comes from. So although we're on different sides of the coin, the decision-making process is quite similar. And there's that last point about eating meat and, and, and killing animals that we will never agree on. But to get to that decision is quite similar. And I think that's... Uh, a really interesting thing to put young people through. And they, they, I mean, gee, it could go the other way. They, oh, gee, I'm not touching meat ever again. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> right, yeah. Just seeing yeah. that. Although I haven't seen that. Um, generally what it's done is it's given them appreciation. When they pick up that plastic tray at the supermarket, there's nothing wrong with that. Uh, it's about understanding that a life was taken for that, for them. Hmm. Preparation to take a whole bunch out into the outdoors, um, a whole bunch of kids, must yeah. take a little while. Yeah, and... It's about being prepared, not just for youth, but for adults. And I think what I'd, I would just quickly run through some of the things that are, uh, that you need to think about. One thing that we tend to do when we go outdoors is the first thing we don't think, or a lot of people don't. You know, thinking uh, you can go three days without water and one second without thinking, and, and things can go horribly, horribly, horribly <laughs> yeah, wrong. Yeah. Um, so thinking all the time, and that's what you, you're instilling it in young people, but I'm instilling that in adults as well, that, you know, if the river was to your left uh, and you managed to keep it to your left that entire time, well, all you have to do to get out again is keep that river to your right. Mm. Um, and, and making those little observations and understanding and making some good decisions on the way, like if I go down here, that's going to hurt. <laughs> How about I don't? How about I find a better way to do that uh, and not panicking in the outdoors? Um, sorting out water, food, uh, I always say that the first thing is thinking, second thing is medical, blood and air, making sure those things are safe. Um, thirdly, food. And, and talking to youth about that at length and letting them understand that's really important. Then going on to what they need to take. Because a lot of people take a lot of toys into the hills, but they haven't thought that other stuff through, you know. Mm. Um, and I won't take youth into the hills without certain things. One is a whistle. Sounds crazy, but... If someone goes missing, if they've got a whistle, I'm going to find them. Um, water purifying tablets, so no one gets it, no one gets ill. And if they do, I make them take diuretic tablets as well, so no one gets dehydrated. Mm. And of course, a personal locator beacon. <laughs> it's a big deal. Mm. Mm. You know, in, in, mm. in 30 years of of, uh, of scouting, and, and of course, in, in recent years of being involved with with kids in the, in the scouting movement. Have you have kids changed over that time, and do, do they do they approach the outdoors differently? No, but their parents have. Mm. So I think taking youth into the outdoors hasn't changed at all. I think we've become, 
particularly where I am in the Central of Ireland, we've become more urban. Yeah. So what's happened is where it used to be a bunch of, when I was a kid living, I grew up uh, in Hawke's Bay and then over here to type all my teenage years, we quite literally used to get on our bikes and ride out to the Waitahanui River and fish and hunt all weekends and come home on Sunday. Mm. That doesn't seem to happen as much anymore. So, and, it, and it's, so when, when I was a, a youth member in scouting, I think, although we made some silly decisions probably, kids do, um, we were much more aware of the consequences to those decisions. So they were, they were fewer yeah. and far between. And I think with youth now, um, what I have noticed is their parents are far more precious about them going into the outdoors, but not so much with scouting. But, you know, they trust us as leaders and they, and they let them go. Right, um, right. And our rules have become stricter as leaders, which is great. It means we have to take those precautions. No. Yeah, I mean, you know, there's, uh, I guess there's a lot of responsibility there and, and, uh, and society probably is less lenient than it once was uh, when it comes to those kinds of things. So, yeah. I, I and rightly so, everyone. too. Yeah. Well, rightly so. Um, there's forms we have to fill in, and even just in filling that form as an adult leader, um, it checks a few boxes that you may have otherwise forgotten. Yeah. Mm. So it's important mm. stuff. Mm. Before we wrap up, Stephen, um, best day out in the bush ever. When was it and why? Oh, um I tell you, it's an interesting one, that one, because it was with, uh, I've been very fortunate. I've had a young person in my life that I helped bring up, uh, who's actually two rooms over from me right now, and um, that was a whole set of events that ended up with him in my life. And the first time I took him out to shoot an animal uh, would have been probably the best day. And it wasn't a 10-day trek in with mates and lots of really interesting stories and laughs. It was a good time with a young person that changed their attitude towards something. So we, yes, we had a few laughs, and uh, he managed to knock over a goat. It wasn't, you know, it wasn't a prize stag or anything, but to him, you would have sworn black and blue. Uh, it was a, it was a three hundred Douglas score. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, he was he was wrapped and so proud, and to take that animal to prepare it or dress it down, um, put it in the back of the truck and drop it off to his mum, um, was a super proud moment for him. Right. One, that appreciation for where food comes from. Two, safety with firearms and all that stuff was was front of his mind. So something I've done something right at some point. And and three, providing for his for his mother was an awesome thing to watch. So if I was going to give an example off the cuff, that would be the one that come to mind first. Excellent. Mm, that was a great example. Hey, great Stephen, example. thanks very much for your time. Stephen Spargo, he is behind the Hunting Show podcast. Have a look on iTunes or search your little podcast directory uh, for that, and you'll find out all about hunting around the Central North Island and the different things that you're up to. Stephen, have a great night. Thank you. You too, Matty. If you really want to get out there and, and have a look, the tusk hunting sounds wonderful. Uh, look, and I, I imagine tusk as just being sort of as barren with nothing living in it, but obviously there's, uh, there are things to hunt in there. Well, we need to do some learning. We do. <laughs> Hello, it is Ryan, and I was on a flight the other day playing one of my favorite social spin slot games on ChumbaCasino.com. I looked over the person sitting next to me, and you know what they were doing? They were also playing Chumba Casino. Coincidence? I think not. Everybody's loving having fun with it. Chumba Casino is home to hundreds of casino-style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere, even at 30,000 feet. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com to claim your free welcome bonus. That's ChumbaCasino.com and live the Chumba life. No purchase necessary. VGW. Void. we prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus.